I'm very excited to welcome you as we gather as the Christ Journey family, not only here in South Florida, but also across the nation, around the world, to all of those joining us through Church Online as our guests. Today is the United in the United States is Father's Day. And I have to tell you that um, one of the great privileges of my life has been being a dad. And uh, so happy Father's Day, men. My dad is in heaven with the Lord, and I'm looking forward to being reunited with him on, on a, a future occasion. But today, if your father is with you, then uh, what a blessing for you to be together with us or connecting with us today. Um, I, uh, I also am thankful for the men in my life who have, um, who have helped me through the years. Men who have challenged me, men who have encouraged me, men who like iron have sharpened me in my own personal growth. Personal growth as a man, personal growth as a husband, personal growth as a father, and then also you knew this one was coming as a grandfather. Did you know that one was coming? Um, Abuelito Bill, hey, did you know I have a grandson? And you know, he calls me, West calls me Pops, which means Lisa is Lolly. See, have you ever heard anything so cheesy sweet as Lolly Pops, get it, get it? Yeah, well, Lolly and West, there they are. Um, I have to tell you this story. Some time ago now, Lolly and I had West uh, on the occasion where he first experienced outside night. To our knowledge, it was the first time that he had ever, to that point in his life, experienced outside night. Um, they would, uh, they would get him up when the sun was already up in the morning and tuck him in before it had gone down at night, okay? And so what he knew as dark, what Wes knew as dark was inside lights out in his bedroom. Well, Lolly and I, um, this almost two-year-old now riding in the back seat of our car while we were, she, he was in his, his, his car seat and I'm driving and, and it was evening and suddenly all the sky went dark. And it was obvious this was kind of a new thing. His, he was starting to talk, but his vocabulary was limited at the time. But there was no mistaking these three words. It's too dark, came from the back. It's too dark. And, um, and we started realizing that something was going on. And uh, the fact that being completely surrounded by darkness was an alarming experience for him. It's too dark, he said it again, actually many times before we got home that night. And of course, we tried to comfort him. We tried to tell him that, hey, this happens all the time. It's normal, nothing to be afraid of, you know? But I'm not sure that we were that effective in providing the comfort. And you know why? Because to that point in his little life, what he knew was, it's too dark. Everywhere he looked, it was dark. And you have been there too, haven't you? In a place where darkness seemed to surround you. Maybe it's a troubling health diagnosis. Maybe it's a financial blindside that has affected you. Maybe it was a relational disaster that shadowed everything suddenly. Or maybe you lost a loved one and things went dark. Maybe coming on this very day, there's some sense of darkness around even the word father. For some of us, father's a scary word. And there's a sense of darkness about that. Um, sometimes it's not just outside darkness we're talking about, it's inside darkness. When you look inside, we can feel like 
It's lights out in the soul. Depression does that to us. Causes things to feel like they're just going dark. Merriam-Webster defines darkness, defines midnight as 12 o'clock in the middle of the night or extended darkness or gloom, midnight. Well, our series is The Wow Factor. And so we've been exploring, how do you bring the eternal one into your everyday? Getting God's wow into your now. And we started with sunrise. We said the best time to invite the delight of the almighty eternal God into your day is into your everyday is at the start of day. So start your day in the throne room with God, in the throne room of God. And um, we saw that Jesus did it, Moses did it, King David did it, Isaiah did it, the prophet, and the first church did it, so you can do it too. Great way to bring God's wow into your now, start your day with. And then the next thing we saw was how to do it at high noon. High noon is when the sun is directly overhead, the challenge of the day is on, you're feeling the heat, and usually involved in the conflict of battle of some kind, that's what we were talking about last time we were together, and spirit warrior Elijah says, don't waver, worship the true God. That's how to make it when the heat is on. And high noon, and we discovered that God can bring fire and rain according to your need in the day, in the day of challenge. But what do you do when it's midnight? Dark all around. And what if your day hasn't gone so well? You know, what if circumstances turned against you? What if uh, you were even trying to do the right thing and things went wrong? What do you do when you're trying to do right but stuff goes wrong? And then you find yourself in the dark. There's a remarkable story in Paul's travels in Acts 16 about a midnight experience that he has. But uh, as we enter the story, what we discover is that Paul and his buddy Silas are not the only ones in the dark. So we're going to pick it up in Acts chapter 16, about verse 16, where Dr. Luke writes this, Dr. Luke's the historian traveling with them. Once when we were going to the place of prayer, we were met by a slave girl who had a spirit by which she predicted the future. And she had earned a great deal of money for her owners by fortune telling. This girl followed Paul and the rest of us shouting, these men are servants of the most high God and they're telling you the way to be saved. And they did, she kept this up for many days, many days. Finally, Paul became so troubled that he turned around and he said to the spirit, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, come out of her. And at that moment, the spirit left her. Now, when the owners of the slave girl, now there's a troubling thought, owners of a girl. There's something wrong with the story already, right? When they realized that their hope of making money was gone, in other words, they could not exploit her for their profit anymore, they seized Paul and Silas and they dragged him into the marketplace to face the authorities and they brought him before the magistrates and they say, they say, these men are Jews. That means ethnic outsiders. They're not like us. And they are throwing our city into an uproar by advocating customs that are unlawful to us as Romans to accept or practice, which was a lie and a smear. But the mob believed it. So now you've got mob violence happening. The crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas. The magistrates ordered them, listen to this, to be stripped. 
stripped, and beaten. After they had been severely flogged, flogging happened with a Roman whip of many strands with little pieces of bone in it ripped across the naked back. That can't have been a pleasant experience. They were thrown into prison and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. You know he paid attention the way they were looking. Upon receiving such orders, he put them in the inner cell and he fashioned their feet in the stocks. And now look at this. About midnight. About midnight. Paul and Silas are praying and singing hymns to God and the other prisoners are listening to them. Suddenly, there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison shook and at once, all the prison doors flew open and the chains were loosed. And the jailer woke up and when he saw the prison door open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. The standing rule of the day was, if prisoners of a jailer got away, then the penalty they were facing would be inflicted upon him. And so maybe he was thinking, hey, it'd just be easier for me to do myself in than to have to face that. But Paul shouted, don't harm yourself. We're all here. And then the jailer called for lights, rushed in, fell trembling before Paul and Silas, and he... Uh, he then brought them out and he asked them, what must I do to be saved? Now that's not a theological question. He's just saying, how do I get out of this mess? <laughs> you know, what's the way out? And they answer him, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Now believe means trust, put your trust in him and uh, you will be saved. You'll, get, you'll find your way out. In other words, Jesus is your way out, but practically and theologically. And not only for you, but also for your household, they say. And uh, then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all the others in the house at that hour of the night. Remember what time it is. The jailer took them, washed their wounds. That had to be icky. And then immediately he and all of his family were baptized and he brought, jailer brought them into the house, set a meal before them and the whole family was filled with joy because they came to believe in God. Now believe here means trust God as God. Trust God as God. Now, what a day. Now this is a tough day, right? You think you had a hard day. Look at this. Unjustly accused, misrepresented, lied about, smeared, persecuted, stripped, beaten, flogged, chained, imprisoned. Now, what would you be feeling after a day like that? And yet look at this. About midnight, Paul and Silas are praying and singing hymns to God. Wow. Wow. Right? Today we learn what to do when it's too dark. When, you, when, when it's a hard day's night and gloom and darkness is threatening to take you down. And here's the, here's the bottom line, real simple. With a voice of praise, you can light up the dark. Now, I'm not asking if you feel like that or if you agree with that. I'm just saying, I think that's what the story's trying to tell us. Read it for yourself. See if you 
find the same thing in it. Your praise can light up the night. With a voice of praise, you can light up the dark. Now, that may be a new thought to some of us, frankly. But what I want to say to you, it's much more than a thought. It is a tool and it is a weapon. And here's what we already know. A worker is only as good as their tools. Is that right? A warrior is only as good as their weapons. Is that right? Well, what, what's happening here, what I'm picking up here, is that uh, praise is a tool and a weapon to use in the dark. Now, you'll recognize this. This is a nightlight. It is specially designed to shine in a dark room so that you can find your way when the overhead lights are out. And you may also know what this is. Night vision goggles or night vision glasses. Uh, this ingenious device uses image enhancement technology that collects all available light, including infrared, and then... Um, changes photons of light into electrons, multiplies them, throws them against a phosphorus screen, and then recreates the image, which empowers the user to be able to see things in the dark that are not immediately apparent to the naked eye. See things in the dark. Paul and Silas, here's why I'm telling you that story. Because Paul and Silas are like human nightlights in that dark midnight jail. And you know why? It's because, not only because the light of the world is alive and shining through them, it's because they're using their special night vision goggles. That's what I'm taking from the story. Eyes of faith that have been opened by God to see more than the naked eye typically sees because like Psalm 139.12 says, even the darkness will not be dark to you. Speaking about God, the night will shine like the day for darkness is as light to you. Wow. I mean, there's a wow for your midnight. Why does it matter to you? Because every single one of us, every single one of you, I included, face dark times in our lives. Times of maybe some kind of abuse. Maybe physical or emotional trauma that has overshadowed you. Maybe a circumstance beyond your choice or your control. You didn't invite it, but you can't change it, right? And as a result, these things leave us feeling fearful sometimes or feeling depressed or feeling despondent. Maybe it's a divorce. Maybe it's a wayward child. Maybe it's a money issue, a money problem. Maybe it's a health issue, but darkness has closed in and now you're having to say, what am I gonna do about this? Some of us, you know, sometimes it's just a lack of information. We say it like this, you know, I just don't know about that. I've been in the dark. I'm, I'm in the dark. It just means I lack information. I have had men tell me that after praying to open their lives to Jesus Christ and say to me, I had no idea God was so good. I had no idea that he would be good to me. You know what they're saying? I was just in the dark about this. This has let me in on information that I was not privy to before I opened my life to God. Maybe that's where you are today. Man, you know about church, you know about religion, but you don't know about God being good to you and coming alive in you. You're just in the dark. Or maybe others of us, you're facing a kind of the dark tunnel. You know, we talk about the tunnel, the light at the end of the tunnel, except you're in the dark and it's all tunnel. There's no light. What are you gonna do about that? You can't see the light. You don't know where the end is. We're familiar with that. And here's an observation that 
I may be wrong about this too, but this is my observation about me and about other men in my life. Men, we are quick sometimes to rise to be the rescuer in the situation, try to come to somebody else's aid, but not always quick to say, hey, little help here. Hey, little help, you know, not so quick about that one. We're a little bit slow to share our sense of need with others. So here's what we do. Here's what I'm tempted to do. You do this. We keep the dark in ourselves in ourselves, and then we keep it to ourselves, and then we just sit there in the dark by ourselves. (laughs) And you know why? Because it's too dark, and we don't know where to go with the dark place. And so we feel isolated. We feel alone. We feel lonely. We feel angry about that, but uh, we don't exactly know where where to take it. And sometimes we can become even self-destructive. So when life goes dark, if, if any of those things sound familiar to you or someone you know, then here's what this story tells me. Freedom is closer than you think. It doesn't always feel that way when you're in the dark, but freedom is closer than you think. You're not helpless. You're not hopeless. You just may be in the dark, but that doesn't mean the dark has to have you. When life goes dark, what can you do? Now, you may not believe this, but I'm telling you, this is what the story tells us. Praise God. You can praise God. This is very counterintuitive, isn't it? But with a voice of praise, you can light up the dark. Why does that work? Because praise is the voice of faith. Praise enthrones God as God over our lives. We're exalting God. And the Bible says that when we demonstrate faith, God responds. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. But if you come to God with faith, he brings his reward with them. So, but here's the thing I've discovered. You may not feel like praising when you're in the dark. But if you praise in the dark, you'll feel it. Does that make sense? How do I know that personal experience? I've carried some heavy loads through the years. You don't, you don't stay in the ministry. You don't, you're not in the ministry without shouldering loads that are brought to you, and appropriately so. Add to that that, and I can tell you that I bear loads in my ministry, uh, but add to that that I also have a melancholy streak in my personality profile or my uh, biorhythm or whatever device you want to use to assess what's going on inside of me. I, I have some artist in me, you want to put it that way, which means that I can swing into some pretty low moods at times. And my family has witnessed this through the years and, um, and helped me recognize it. I need help recognizing it. Also, I, I'm in a men's group that helps me with this as well. But especially, you know, where they help when I'm approaching burnout, because here's what happens to me. I'm a hand to the plow, nose to the stone kind of guy, which means that I'm going to keep working at it and going at it until I I don't look up sometimes until I'm on fumes. I'm not saying that's a good thing. What I'm saying is that I've had to learn how to do better soul care. And my family has helped me. My group has helped me. But music, music helps me here as well, perhaps with you. I mean, I, I can meet my emotions in a dark place and lift them by the power of praise music. Praise music helps me powerfully. It's like those, those, uh, those paddles on the heart. You see those, you know, clear. It's like, oh, spiritual defibrillation. 
Oh, he's back. Okay, great, we got him. You know, that's, that's what praise music does. And our staff can tell you that sometimes doing the ministry when it's hard and it's dark, you know what we'll do? Well, I'll just say, hey, let's have a party. It's time to have a party. Why do I say that? Well, we're going to challenge the darkness. It's like saying devil in your face. Jesus' half-brother James writes about it in his letter. Chapter one, verse two, James says, count it all joy. Consider it pure joy, brothers, when you face many trials of many kinds. What's he saying? Choose joy. When midnight comes with a voice of praise, you can light up the dark, but not just for yourself, for others. Think of this. Believer, have you ever prayed a prayer like this? God, why, why haven't you given me an easier road? Why am I in here in the dark? Now, next time you're tempted to pray a prayer like that, try this one. Lord, is there something you want me to do while I'm here? I'm supposed to learn something? I'm supposed to do something? He might just say this. Now, look around you and see who you can bring with you when I bring you out. Because that's what's happening in the story. In other words, don't just use your night vision for yourself. Be a nightlight for somebody else. This is what's happening in the story, just like Paul does. You know what he does? He shares some great commandment love. He's in need. He's in a dark place, but he looks around and says, you know, I've got some neighbors I could love as I love myself right here. And, uh, and the story said, here's what I discovered. It's easy when you're in a dark place to just think about yourself. But look what's happening in Paul's life. The story says other prisoners were listening. I saw a note from an inmate from San Quentin not so long ago. It said, we're all doing time just in different places. The jailer, even the jailer felt trapped in the dark night of his own soul that night. And yet Paul and Silas are there for him. Man, the doors fly open, the chains fall off. What are Paul and Silas doing? Yay, we're free. Let's get out of here. No, they're just hanging. Why? Well, something kept them there for somebody. They didn't jump up and get out. They stayed to care for others. They were like nightlight. I, I need to say this. If you have ever felt, if you've ever thought about taking your life, listen to me. If you've ever thought about taking your life, if you've ever talked to somebody who said, I feel like doing harm to myself, then here's what the Bible says about it. Acts chapter 16, verse 28. Don't harm yourself. We're all here. I mean, this is the word of God saying, don't hurt yourself. Don't do damage to yourself. We're all here. I'm here for you. Others are here for you. God is here for you. Here, why don't we just go through the dark night together and uh, then let's talk about it in the morning. Let's get cleaned up. Let's have a good meal. Let's trust God together until the new day dawns. That's right here in the story, isn't it? And here's the thing. I've seen this happen in my ministry seen it happen in people's lives. I've talked with people who are in a dark, depressed place and, uh, and yet watched as they see and feel the love of a caring somebody who then can meet them and watch the darkness lift when the need is shared. And I'm not alone in that. You know what? I received a note some time ago now, I guess it's several months ago, from somebody who had come to worship here at Christ's Journey and just wanted me to know, wanted, wrote to me and said, hey, pastor, just want to say thank you for the kind greeting that the guest services team brought to me because, and the rest of the story, 
They were in a period of self-doubt, one of those dark times of even self-destructive tendencies, and said, when I came in and I received such a warm, kind greeting from a, with a smile, then it lifted my spirit. It lifted my sense. So here's what I want to say. I want to say to our guest services team, way to go. Way to go. You know, way to extend the love and kindness of God to people who come in from our dark places. And I want to say to the church, way to go. You know what? We ought to be the kindest place in the county. The followers of Jesus ought to be the kindest people in the county so that others, when they come in with their dark, from their dark places in those dark moments, that they can say, you know what, I'm not okay right now, but there's a place where it's okay to not be okay, and it's called Christ Journey Church, and I can meet God there. And you know why? Because Jesus saves. We gotta be kind to one another. I had a professor one time who said to the seminary class full of potential preachers, boys, be kind to people. Everybody's got problems. What he's saying is the world is dark and uh, God can bring light through kindness because Jesus saves. And then you know what happens? I've seen people who've been helped become a help to others and it helps them even more. That's weird, but that's what happened. That's what happened in the story. You know, the jailer was helped by Paul and Silas, and what does he do? He helps Paul and Silas. They help him, he helps them, and everybody gets helped. And the help even extends then to his family. What do you think? 13 years later, when Paul is writing a letter to the church that has now been founded in Philippi, where this man was, that's what was happening when he was there, they were starting a church. But 13 years later, Paul writes a letter that we call Philippians in our Bible. And um, can you imagine hearing that letter as it's being read? And this jailer in the congregation listening as he hears Paul say, and actually he's writing from another jail cell in Rome at the time. And he's writing and he says, now rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say, rejoice. What's he saying? I'm still wearing my night vision goggles. <laughs> I may be in jail, but jail isn't in me. I got darkness around me, but I'm turning on the lights of praise and I want to invite you to do the same thing. That's what he's writing. Do you think when that jailer heard that letter from Paul that he remembered that night 13 years ago and he thanked God for the faith of a man who was in pain in a dark place who had the raw courage and the love to not only voice his praise, but then share his faith. And then sang at midnight so that the lights of Christ could come on in that dark place. You think his family remembered that night? The night that dad in the middle of the night brought these strangers into the house? And man, they looked pretty beat up. It was a mess, actually. And, it, and dad was trying to wash them off and clean them up. And they'd been beaten, beaten pretty bad. And then he's got mom fixing, you know, in the kitchen fixing food because they're all going to sit down together. You think the kids are remembering that night? Hey, I remember that night. And hey, yeah, remember? And then dad said, now listen to what this preacher says. And then the next thing dad says, and here's what's happened to me. I mean, it just happened to me. And then he says, and then remember what happened? We all got baptized. And what, yeah, what was it? 3 a.m. in the morning? Yeah, yeah.
because dad was being a nightlight for his family after midnight. Dads, I don't know, um, I don't know where you are. Now, you know, I know you're here. I know, I know you're here physically. What I'm I know we're here, but I'm asking, I, I don't know where you are with the Lord and where the, with the light of God when the darkness starts coming in. I don't know, but I can tell you this. It doesn't matter where you've come from or what you've done. It doesn't matter what you've left undone. It doesn't matter how dark your past or your present is. Christ is your light and he can bring you out. That's what salvation means. He can bring salvation. When we allow our faith to turn on the light, General Manuel Noriega came to know that. You know, he made the news recently by dying. Recently deceased, the dictator of Panama and former CIA agent was tried, convicted, and imprisoned and held here in the Federal Correctional Institution of Miami-Dade, uh, out by our Kendall campus, actually, not far from Kendall campus. And what the news didn't say was that General Manuel Noriega, during that ordeal, had come to take a step of personal faith and receive Jesus as his savior in the forgiveness of sins and the gift of eternal life that he had put his faith in Jesus Christ as his savior. What the news also didn't tell you is that Pastor David Weidman baptized him following that profession of faith. And it didn't also go on to say that he was a member of this church after his baptism and that I visited with him for several, oh, several times throughout the years of his incarceration. It didn't tell you that I officiated the wedding for his daughter the day that dad from prison was wired in to give her away over the phone in our chapel. Now, why am I telling you that? I'm telling you that to tell you this, that prison bars and dark pasts are not enough to keep God out when you're ready to turn on the lights. And, uh, and that's why we praise him. That's why we've been doing jail ministry for years, we have deacons who every Monday night are inside bringing as nightlights to share God's vision. And I thank God for them. I thank God for people who are singing songs at midnight, even when they're not sure that they can sing all that good. I've wondered that, that night when Paul and Silas are singing in the middle of the night, if they sounded like howling dogs, you know? Like, they, these guys are in pain. I wonder if those other prisoners are saying, hey, listen to this, you know? But actually, it was the voice of faith that was making such a difference as God was listening and responding to their praise. Weeping may endure for a night, the scripture says, but joy comes in the morning. Another joyous thing that I really want to tell you today is that um, this year we're going to be hosting the Global Leadership Summit at the Federal Correctional Institution in Kendall just seven weeks from right now. While hundreds of us are gathering here, many of our business leaders and family leaders from Gables campus are going to be right here on August 10th and 11th. Hundreds of us will be at Kendall campus, but we're also going to be one of the churches that is hosting. There are 10 state penitentiaries across the nation that are hosting the Global Leadership Summit, we have the honor of getting to host the first in a federal institution. And right there as the point leader 
is one of our deacons, Louis Cruz, who is a 30-year career correctional officer who has served there and is now going to be the nightlight sharing his night goggles as bring, bringing God's kind of leadership into the benefit of those that are seeking to prepare for reentry into society. I wanna say thank you, God, for Lewis. Thank you, God, for the Global Leadership Summit. Thank you, God, that you're not trapped by prison bars. So here's really the question. Where are you in the dark? Where are you in the dark? Maybe it's just lack of knowledge, you know? I just don't know, I'm in the dark about that. Well, then would you be willing for God to bring you into the light about something about him that you don't know? Would you be willing for God to turn on a light through somebody else that could shine for you? Would you be willing to be a light to somebody else so that as God helps you take steps out of the dark, you could bring somebody else out there? Then pray, voice your Voice your faith through praise because praise has a way of turning on the lights in the dark. And what we're actually doing when we praise God in a dark place is enthroning him as God over us. We're declaring that God is bigger than the mess that I'm in and by the music of faith can lift your heart and loose your chains. And then as he's bringing you out, what if you were to just turn around and say, hey, wanna come with me? And God can use you to help somebody else. Would you pray with me? Thank you, Lord, for the somebodies in our lives who can tell us personally that they've been in the dark place and the darkness doesn't get to have them because your light shines clearly and brings help in our time of need. We're praying that help today. For every person that has been listening to your word, Father, we pray that the lights will come on as they voice their praise. That men and women, that young people, that young adults, that children will, will trust you to be greater than the darkness and then voice their praise in you and let you lead them to the light through Jesus Christ. You can do that right now. You can say, Lord, I praise you and I welcome your light into my dark place. And if you're on the front end of your spiritual journey and you'd like to know how can I experience Christ personally, it's through a prayer of faith. And when you voice your prayer from your heart with faith, it can be as simple as this. Lord Jesus, come into my life, forgive my sins, I receive the gift of your salvation by faith and I now turn from my way to follow you in your way for my life. Thank you. Now, our heads still bowed just for a moment, but if you prayed to ask Christ to come alive in your life for the first time and would let me ask God's blessing upon that decision, then I'm gonna invite you simply to raise your hand wherever you're seated. Hold it up just for a moment so that I can see. And if you're joining us online, there's an orange bar right there across the screen. You can click on that and let us pray for you as well right now. Thank you. In the back, I see you. And then again, right on the aisle, God bless you, sir. To my left, toward the far side of the room, God bless you. And to the right, my far right side of the room, God bless you. Again and again, over there, other hands. 
Anybody else? Now we're all praying together for each hand that was raised, aren't we? Lord, for every hand that was raised, signifying a heart that is open, we pray that you would bring the confirmation of your spirit, that you are with them, that your light is in them because you have heard their prayer and have answered them in Jesus' name. And so we pray that you would fill them with new joy and peace as we make our prayer in your name. If you join me in this prayer, say amen. 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 Now I wanna close today's worship in a different way uh, because it doesn't seem right to me that we should leave without letting somebody hear God pray God's receive God's blessing as somebody prays for you by name. So I'm gonna invite our worship response team just to find a place all around the room. So no matter where darkness is around you, there's gonna be somebody there for you in the dark. How about that? And so all around the room, that means that you don't have to walk very far to get to somebody who will ask a blessing for you. And here's what's different. Some of you have come forward for prayer before, but here's what I'm asking today, and I'm asking our worship response team to honor this as well. When you step out and you go to one of the, the, team, the team prayers, then you would say something like this, hi, I'm Bill. She says, hi, Bill. <laughs> and then she says, let's pray. And then this is the prayer. Lord, will you meet Bill in his dark place and lead him through so he can help somebody else? Amen. Amen. That's it, 15 seconds. But praying for me, for you by name. 15 seconds. You don't have to say anything else. You just step up, step out, extend a hand, say, I'm fill in the blank with your name. You could use my name, but I really want you to get the blessing, right? <laughs> so you say, I'm Juan, I'm, you know, Jose. And then let them say, hi, Jose. I wanna pray for you now. And then just pray a blessing. Worship response team, please don't pray around the world. This is not the time to do that. I'm serious, why not? You pray, you say amen, then they go back to their seat. Why? Because we don't want somebody else to be waiting. We want as many people to be prayed for as possible by name. You understand what I'm doing now? And here's why. Some of you have never heard somebody else pray for you by name. This is the day we're gonna fix that. Right now, a blessing from God the Father through his church for you by name in your dark place. But it can't happen if you just sit there. So what I wanna do, we're gonna sing maybe three songs. We're gonna do it quickly, we don't have a lot of time. But as I stand us up in just a moment, I want you to go ahead and step out and go to one of these worship response team prayers and just let's start praying it up. 15 seconds, then you can go back to your seat and pray for others to receive the blessing. That's what I want us to do. And then when you get back to your seat, we're gonna voice our praise and push back the darkness so that the blessing covers everybody in the house. You with me, amen? Amen. amen. Okay, so now we're gonna stand. You can go, you can pray, but we're going to sing. So let's, uh, let's take our steps of faith right now and receive the blessing by name right now. Amen.